Are you blessed or are you cursed With a strong imagination and a spiritual thirst Do you wanna confide about the darkness inside Come and talk about it on Self-Worst Hello, welcome to Self-Worst Hi, I'm Brad Pearson I'm doing good, are you doing good? We're getting over the COVID If you were listening last week, you know that uh, your boy got the Rona and I recorded this episode while I had it. I was only a couple days in. I didn't really know what I was in for. Ooh, it got a little gnarly. Had a little bit of fever, chills for a day or so. Wasn't pleasant. Don't recommend it. Wouldn't do it again. But we got through it. We're fine. We're testing negative. We came out of it. I lived. Anyway, feeling a lot better, having a having an okay time. This is a fun episode with Alex Patak, uh, who you may know from Pod Damn America. I've now had every uh, every living member of Pod Damn America on my show. Collected them all. I did it. Mission complete. I now have Thanos powers. So. This is a fun episode. This is a, a, a an optimistic episode. He's a very uh, he's got a good attitude. He's got a very uh, nice outlook on life. So you know that's a a, a bit of a um, I don't know a tone shift for the show, perhaps. I don't know. I, I don't think I'm too doom and gloom or anything. I just I think I'm just realistic. Anyway, uh. This, is a, this was a nice episode, and he, he he came and he brought the heat. He understood the assignment, and my, my boy did it. You know, he kind of reminds me. Um, this is insider. This is inside baseball. Reminds me of one of my best friends. Reminds me of my friend Toby Jones, my main man, who might be listening to this. What's up, Toby? He's got that vibe. I don't know what it is. It's intangible. There's just a. There's just a nice, sprightly energy to the, to the guy. And so it, it, it made me like him right away. And it was like, you remind me of one of my main men. My main men. My main mans. Anyway. If you want to hear an episode with Toby Jones, it's in the feed, I think. I, 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 let me know, actually, because I think uh, some of the podcast aggregators are uh, swallowing up some of the older episodes, like they're archiving them from way back. But Toby Jones is on an episode from way back in the day, and I'd love to have him on again. But that's neither here nor there. We, today we had Alex Patak, which you know. All right. So we're going to get right into that. I don't have a whole lot to say because all I did over the last week was recover from COVID wasn't fun uh didn't do a whole lot what watched a little bit of tv mostly just slept mostly just used it as an excuse to sleep for like 14 hours a day and uh you know why jump at the chance for that to not get out of bed i'm like okay can do this is i've trained for this Oh, you want me to not get out of bed and not do anything all day and just lay in bed with my dog? Okay, cool. Gotcha. 
I've been going on long rants the uh, last couple of episodes because uh, I had some thoughts and feelings and uh, thoughts and prayers about everything happening in the world. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna spare you this time. I don't feel like it. It's hot in here. I, I'm, I'm done for the day. Anyway, if you want to support the show, please go to patreon.com slash selfworst. Uh, Kicking as little as a dollar a month. That would be cool of you. Uh, and you get bonus content. You get the little uh, scraps I cut out of episodes and stuff, like little little extra pieces. There's like, ah, this is a little long. And cut that part out. You get bonus episodes of just me talking, being a dick. Um pontificating and just acting like I'm real fucking smart so if you want to hear more of that uh you know what to do you can follow me on social media at Radical Pearson on Instagram and Twitter follow the show at Self Worst um on on just Instagram it doesn't have a Twitter and uh that's about it let's go to the show hope you're doing well Hope uh, you know you're, you're you're dealing with the uh, just state of things in the world and America. As we talk about in this episode, there's only so much you can do, man. You just gotta, you know, eyes on your own paper. Enjoy the heat. Enjoy the summertime. It's getting spicy out there. Wear some sunscreen. Hydrate. Take care of yourself. Um, try not to get COVID, actually, because I know it's kind of coming for everybody, but, you know, do what you can to avoid it. Didn't love it. All right. Uh, that's about all I got to say. So, here we go. Let's talk to Alex Patak. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, you know, hope you're hope you're doing okay and everything. Um, for the record, I do have COVID right now, so you know we're. Oh, we're you do? Through. Yeah, I'm fine. How I you doing? Like, I feel okay, actually. Uh, kind of like cold and flu-y, you know, some sore throat. I was I was going on runs when I had COVID. I was like fine. You had it too. You got you got Omicron, or I had it three weeks ago. I think when mm-hmm. was Easter? I I got it Something on Easter. Like that. Yeah, I I just. Uh, tested pretty boldly positive on a home test uh, yesterday, which is weird because I took a PCR on Monday and nothing. Like it came what? back, it came back negative. So it's it's very weird. But uh, yeah, I'm That's positive. Works, my, bro. my girlfriend's positive. My, so my test line <clears throat> came up before the control line. That's yeah, how mine too. Mine was like, oh, you, was. <laughs> you fucking got it. Like yeah. it's in there. Um, but and like, I definitely feel like I have something like a head cold or something, you know, like I was, yeah, a little, it's not great. I was a little but lethargic. Then when you're done, you get to go places and be sure you won't get COVID, which is an amazing feeling. That's true. <laughs> I know I can fucking, I can go back to the gym. I can go back to, you know, just like go back to bars, go back to doing jujitsu and shit and like really feel confident about you how start licking poles on the street. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Just, just sucking random dicks. Who cares? Do whatever I want. I mean, monkeypox might be a thing too, so that might be oh, a big right. issue. Hmm. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> so, um, how how are you? How's your what's your what's your current uh I don't know mental health anxiety level? How are you? How are you doing? One out of ten, or zero um, zero to ten? It's 
you know it's good it's fine um i'm like a little derailed on my summer a little bit because i'm spending a lot of it uh outside of new york where i live and work Mm -hmm. um but aside from that i just have a really great attitude and that's what it's all about at the end of the day how did you you need (laughs) how did you develop a good attitude how how tell me about that because i don't have one Oh, hmm. you know, I think COVID helped a lot with that, actually. Not that not actually getting the disease that didn't help at all. Um, I meant uh, being locked in a room mm. for a while. This is part of the episode, right? I, f- yeah. I should be like on for this. Yeah, we're going. I we're should going. wake up more than I am now. <laughs> it's OK. I slept <clears throat> so bad last night for no reason. Yo, it's I all right. I, stop I, I was thinking I slept, about it. I mean, Obviously, I slept kind of all afternoon, and then um, my girlfriend forced me to uh, take a little bit of a walk, you know, and just sort of like get out and breathe some fresh air. And I was like, eh, "But damn, I dude, actually, you're gonna be I do fresh feel, for this. I do feel better you're now. I got some tea. I got some Earl Grey and shit, Jean Luc Picard style, and I'm, I'm, I'm crushing my, it. My evening beers. Hello. Um, uh, yeah, what was the question? Oh, days off how did COVID? How did COVID How you improve your attitude? How did a COVID um, actually, because I feel like that was sort of the opposite for a lot of people, myself included. Hmm. Uh, well, I think a lot of it also depends on your uh, circumstances. So I was I was locked alone in my house, but I work from home and I have a wife and cats. So I wasn't alone. I right. didn't have any annoying roommates, um, yeah. you know, myself excluded. Um, and then... Uh, just generally the only obstacle left was, you know, whatever is in your head. And so at that time, my wife was going through some emotional stuff and she got really into meditation Mm -hmm. and she made me do it a little bit with her and I didn't do it. She did it like every day for like a year and change, I think before starting at the pandemic. Yeah, I think so. I think maybe like the month before or something, but she she had a role going and I did it like a few times. So I was like, I'm really learning the lessons here. I'm gaining <laughs> incredible mental uh, skills. Um, and uh, when I was locked in there, I've been doing comedy, you know, full time for no money since 2013. So uh, when you do that, when you have your normal job, you do your normal job and then that job ends and then you go spend all of your time that you can trying to get on shows and practicing for when you'll be on a show, maybe to the extent that you're spending more time practicing than you would be even if you, if you were on the shows, you're just practicing all the time. Um, and so you just keep yourself busy all the time. And so when society shut down, I wasn't allowed to do that. And it got me to a point where I w- had to kind of confront like who i am when i'm not doing the one thing i do Mm -hmm. you know what i mean because i do other stuff but like in in my head i'm like i'm a comedian i do comedy um but if i if i don't do comedy am i a comedian so that's kind of the place i was in and i started drinking a lot (laughs) <laughs> and it got really crazy. And then I saw what was happening and I stopped drinking for like two or three months and I lost like 30 pounds or something. <laughs> Did you gain 30 uh, pounds first in order to lose it? Okay, well, it is a bit of a sliding scale because right before COVID, I had been like lifting weights harder than I've ever done. So I was like protein twice a day, every day. And then like right. 
you were five bulking. by five sets. Right. Yeah, I got I got up to like two twenty five, which Whoa. I haven't really thin framed. So yeah, that's holy like shit, that's me. huge. It was fun. You're it's how fun tall? To be really big and strong. I'm six two. Okay, yeah. So you're a little you're a little taller. Than it's me, not that crazy. That's, 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 that is still pretty. You're a big boy. I wouldn't write into it for like a magazine. I would. You'll never believe <laughs> this tall gentleman weighed over two hundred pounds. Um, but yeah, the second I stopped doing that and I stopped drinking and I stopped eating a uh, hundred grams of protein a day in chocolate slurry, uh, mm-hmm. I lost thirty pounds, which is cheating. Um, were you, uh, you, so th- you were still drinking all the like supplemental uh, calories without working <laughs> out. You're just like, how oh, am I getting so fat? I'm getting. I need the strength. Um, I just really like the, the taste lifestyle. of these protein shakes. You get a lifted. You said you do jujitsu. Yes. You, you, is there anything more fun than when you 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 go over to your friend on the couch and you're like, guess it, guess how big my arm is right now. No, it's <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I mean, I, I um, we can talk about this a little bit because I think that uh, physical exercise is a huge component of mental well being, um, and I. And just be- just before the pandemic started getting into, uh, you know, I was I was trying to find my place. I was I went to the Y and started like swimming laps because I was like I used to swim laps and maybe I'll do that and uh, just wasn't really That's fun. It's fun. I would just I wasn't like super feeling it and was just like I think I need something else and like you know uh, just uh, listeners of the show will know that I have uh, eh, some emotional issues some 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 anger and stuff and i was just like i was talking to my therapist about it and they were like have you considered doing martial arts have you considered doing anything with like striking because it's somatic you need to get that energy out of you somehow uh, oh so you, you were already doing you, jujitsu and they were like that doesn't count no no <laughs> i hadn't striking. I, I hadn't started <laughs> um i hadn't started with it and then i did i started doing kickboxing um and just like immediately just clicked it was just like oh this is what i needed like the um the something about like striking a surface with your you know your hands and your shins and your elbows just like scratch some sort of itch within me and was fighting just like, is so much fun it's really fun it's the most fun thing you could do I was yeah. on a wrestling team in high school. I was very into it. But even when I was like 15, I was acutely aware of like watching all my friends like dedicate their lives to uh, combat sports. I mean, like, that's not a job. Right. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I was always kind of on the periphery of it because like I like sort of dabbled in like some karate and like original like Japanese jujitsu when I was like in my early 20s. And I liked it a lot, but I was also like, eh, just, I don't know, too depressed, too ADD to kind of like stick with any extracurricular shit. Like I couldn't be bothered to like actually like show up somewhere on time and like get myself just the willpower to like go over to the dojo oh, and shit. it's hard. Um, yeah. So I just couldn't get it's- it together and I gave up on it. Um, so it wasn't until like around, I think, 2019 um, that like I found... I started doing kickboxing and found a gym near me and was just like, oh, this is fucking great. And then over the pandemic, um, started doing like kettlebells, started doing uh, and and uh, I had uh, I think, you know, Diego Lopez. I had him on the show um, sometime 
uh, summer 2020 and he was talking about jujitsu and I was like, I'm going to do that when we get out of this. And so then I started and it's fucking great. There's Did no you take back. a class with Diego? I took a class with Diego. Yeah. I was splitting one with a much smaller comedian and it was very funny because he had all the training, but I was just way bigger than him. And so we just had to see where we evened out with that. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, like I feel so fucking silly and awkward every time I'm in there just because I don't have a wrestling background. Like I'm starting from nothing. Like I don't really like the concepts of, you know, like the terminology, like shooting and all of that stuff. Like, uh, side control blah 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 like i didn't know any of that so i'm like starting from square one so i just feel like this like big fucking ridiculous 37 year old poodle in there you know and like and like i'm just all That's fucking the best part, noodly though. and stupid it's very and can't move my body and everybody else in there is really fucking good and like i i'm just like i feel like i'm i'm slowly learning shit but like obviously i've had to take some time off of it uh this week and stuff so you know we'll see we'll get back into it that's my favorite is when you're learning a new thing and you don't know anything about it. I'm it addicted is, yeah. to that. It's the best. I mean, it's it, if you're really interested in learning it and picking up stuff and like gr starting to like grasp the concepts. I've said this before, but like now when I watch people roll, it doesn't just look like a like a cartoon fight, like a cloud with like fists coming out of it. Like I'm starting yeah. to see like what people are applying and i'm like that's that's okay that's like a choke. That's an arm hugging bar. each that's other a, yeah, yeah yeah it was just like oh that's a triangle he's trying to get it oh, oh he escaped like you know and like it's starting to make sense and it's just fucking fascinating and i can't like i i know that it's annoying to some people like because i know that when people get into fitness we be it crossfit jujitsu whatever there's that like kind of culty mentality and they like won't shut up about it and they tell all their friends and like i keep i could like come home and i'm like trying to explain all this stuff to my girlfriend and she couldn't give a shit about <laughs> jujitsu and stuff and i'm like well but it's really cool and like i don't know it is cool and like and this is like one of the rants we would have on uh pod damn but uh the 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 thing that community sports bring to you as the atomized worker is community that you are otherwise not offered anywhere in society outside of like a nuclear family should you start one yeah you know and so it's like a really special bond like i remember the people i was on a wrestling team with very fondly and i don't think i liked like any of them <laughs> uh they just felt like they were part of an extended family i didn't have originally uh, yeah i mean they were probably you know just not to stereotype, but probably a bunch of jocks who were like, you know, just like not really your speed, probably as like an anime guy and everything. And it was just like, like there were enough. We like weren't a good school for wrestling. So there <laughs> I that's why I gravitated to them because I played lacrosse. And we were like the best lacrosse team in Massachusetts in probably the country. Mm -hmm. And I was the worst one on there. I like barely made it in. And I was just like, man, I hate everyone here so much i right. do not want to be here anymore whereas uh wrestling because we were shitty and lost all the time was like much more down to earth bros i like uh they, they weren't furious with me all the time for not being like a star athlete because i'm like not an athlete i don't know if that translates in my podcast presence but like <laughs> i'm a very clumsy individual i like i'm a goofball I get fired all the time i like i can't, i'm not right. like a star athlete that's not who i am didn't um, have the makings of but yeah it's athlete. very special right it yeah it's 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 like a mascot great. it's <laughs> 
you could play that part. I don't know. You're big. You can fill out the the costume. You know, the big suit or whatever. <laughs> they used it. We didn't have anyone big, so they would just be like. Uh, you, you weigh 170 pounds. We're going to bump you up to 285 today. Good luck. You got it. <laughs> it's high school. There's only like four more classes above that. So yeah, you get to wrestle the I biggest was, man in the state. <laughs> when I was in high school, I was so convinced that I was just like not that guy. Like I was just like not a jock. I'm a fucking like, you know, sensitive artsy boy paints his fingernails and like, yes. it's like a, you know, it's like real Kurt Cobain vibes and like, I'm mm. like, I'm, I'm real sensitive and really, you know, just like I'm, I'm, I'm a soft boy and all of that. And like, I just had that in my head for the longest time. So, uh, I understand when people are adverse to, and I think there's a lot of people in, you know, the, who I meet through just like kind of the mental health, community of, of crazy people talking to the show and doing like group class group stuff uh, is is there's like this solution in front of a lot of people that's just like you would feel a lot better if you were learning something if you were doing something really difficult and pushing yourself and 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 seeing that you could do it it would be it will build confidence and it's everything that they say like builds confidence builds character it humbles you it like it's it's kind of ridiculous how like textbook it all like the experience really was for me and like it's just it's so wholesome it's just so great it's like church you know it's hard um in starting a new hobby or activity or sport or whatever you're doing is uh i think the beginning is fun the middle part is really hard mm -hmm. where you've got like the basics like i talked to diego um about jujitsu because jujitsu is the opposite of wrestling so it actually anything you know from wrestling is like um like a dangerous <laughs> move to do to yourself and right. uh, it sets you up to be dislocate someone's hip or something well it's just the goal is the opposite because in right. jujitsu you want to be on your back and in wrestling you lose if you're on your back the game's over there's no more right. <laughs> so like it's literally night and day but um he was telling me that the most dangerous people he teaches are not the new students. It's the blue belts who know some moves, but have no control because then they, they start doing really dangerous things, but aren't able to like stop themselves from really hurting someone. Right. Um, so the uh, sideways example I'm going to use right now is at the beginning of COVID. And I don't think this is, a huge part of my uh, uh, psychological journey, but I do think it was important for me as I started learning Japanese. Mm -hmm. Like I did a Japanese class every day and I'm still doing them every day. Uh, I have very clearly hit a wall of like, you know, the basic words now speak this language that's the opposite of English yeah. because your interest in the subject fades once like some of the mystery is gone. Sure. So like, I'm not, I don't have any practical reason to speak Japanese. That's not a thing for me. So uh, yeah. once the romance has subsided somewhat, it's pretty hard to get to that next step. Right. I mean, it's like with anything, the novelty wears off and you yeah. are stuck in the middle of just sort of the, uh, the drudgery, you know, the, the it's just the a hard tedium. thing. I'm it's just doing a hard thing that you put yourself for no through. reason. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember like, again, like I, during the pandemic, I mean, during the lockdown, I should say, uh, right. Uh, shorthand. 
Right. Yeah, you you know what I mean by now. I Everybody knows what I fucking mean. You're locked down right now. I, you have exactly. COVID right now. <laughs> I do literally have COVID right now. Um, I recorded so many podcasts when I had COVID. It was it's really <laughs> surreal if you think about it. <laughs> I really, I mean, I'm, I'm letting, you know, knock on wood. I, I'm feeling pretty okay. And hopefully, you know, it, it I, I stay the course and everything and I'm fine. But I've heard, you know, it knocked a couple of people out. It like, uh, Gabe Pacheco got it and he was like out of commission for a couple of days, like really like feverish and fucked up and like. You know. Pretty sure he gave it to me, interestingly enough, but. <laughs> Wow. I did his show like two days before I got sick. But, That's um, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, the worst day I had, I took Adderall to do a bunch of graphic design, which I don't know how to do, and was like, it felt like my brain was trying to escape from my skull all day. <laughs> during during then, COVID or during lockdown? Or like when during had you, when you had COVID? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. The, like the first day, day one after the diagnosis, I was like, back to work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's something so like, don't do that. No, nice I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Lie caffeine down. a little bit. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to just take it easy, as easy as possible, but you know, um, during the, I was saying during the lockdown, like I, there was this mirror. We had this uh, mirror on the wall. We have this stupid like Odul's mirror that my girlfriend stole from a bar that shut down that she really liked. Um, and so I would just like look at myself doing like jumping jacks every day in the mirror. And like it was around the same time every day. And like I noticed that like the window behind me, like the leaves were you know, fully blossoming and then maturing and then falling off. And then like, but I was just like still doing the same like thing every single day. And I was just like, I'm like, this like going fully super cut. Yeah. It was, it kind of felt like that to me. Cause I was like, this is the only thing I do all day. And like, and like, I'm just like shadow boxing alone in my apartment. Like the guy from old boy and shit. Like, I'm just like, just like fully <laughs> going mentally insane. The um, beloved character from old boy, <laughs> the man who eats the squid. Yeah, sticks to his face and shit. You know he's vegan, and they had to <clears throat> shoot that three times. I heard about that. Yeah, and it's... isn't that the craziest fucking thing you've ever heard? <laughs> uh, must have been you had to bite an animal to death three times yeah. after swearing. <laughs> and apparently, squids are like very intelligent and stuff, and like yes. have you know thoughts have and dreams and about this. They you know they 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 understand jokes and they they have you know taste and they. They have loves and hopes and everything. They're just like a full person that you're just chewing to death. I don't, I don't really understand the mental acuity difference between squids and octopus because everyone's gushing about octopus, but I think they're kind of in the same boat. Are they? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Is it that? I don't know. Which, which one's smarter? Octopus can like solve puzzles. Like you give them a Rubik's Cube and they solve it and shit where it's like, uh oh. Right. I guess it's a crime to eat this. Well, oh well, it's on the menu, so. Yeah. They can, like, squeeze through a little, like, dime hole and shit. They can do anything. They're fucking amazing. They're amazing. Their animals. brains are distributed throughout their legs. <laughs> yeah, they're incredible. Incredible. Um, you should so, have an octopus on sometime. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> Enough white men. It's time for <laughs> octopus guests. You know, to be fair, you are the first white man I've had on in months. So, and oh, wow. really not even like trying. I'm not like you're doing better than me, my friend. Not, not going for it. I just like I, I noticed like a couple of weeks ago. I was just like, I've had nothing but ladies on for the past wow. like several weeks. Look at me. <laughs> it's ladies' night. Yeah. Um. 
So you gained all this weight in quarantine. And uh, then what? You started meditating. Um, I lost all the weight in quarantine. You lost all the weight. I gained all the weight right before quarantine, throwing off the perception of how much weight I was losing. But yeah, um, the whole thing is, right, it's it's all about defeating your own psychology. Uh, Right. You know, uh, uh, killing the part of you inside that has these, uh, that's hurting itself. Um, So can't do comedy. Trying not to drink because I have a destructive drinking habit. Uh, so I'm just kind of like furious and sober at the beginning mm-hmm. of uh, lockdown. All of the Eric Garner shit starts happening like outside my house. Uh, right. Just a lot of psychic damage and stress. The, the George Floyd stuff, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's for everybody. <laughs> it's I kind of feel yeah. like. That's true. You had all the names. As, it was a culmination. We it, that there. was that was simply the last straw, I think. And was, what's important is we made a difference in policy in the police system in America. It's true. We <laughs> defunded the police. We reallocated a bunch of resources, and everything's we fine did. now. We totally stuck with it, and uh, they listened to us, and uh, they did what they were supposed to do, just like they're doing. There's a with, bright future ahead with guns and climate change and COVID and everything. They're really we we got. But it. there's just like if you. If you're listening to this and you don't live in New York, that was just stressful. Like there are helicopters over my house all yeah. day, and, and I'm st- like afraid to go outside because I'm afraid of getting a deadly virus. Yeah. Uh, Jake, who like one of my close friends and coworkers, went to jail at that part, and I was like, "That's stressful. I don't know if he's going to come yeah, out or I if know. he's going to get like, sick. You're, or... you're going to die in there, bro. I remember seeing him getting arrested, and I was just like, ah, man, okay, <laughs> like." Yeah. Braver than me. Uh, he didn't get sick. Yeah. Or stuck in jail. And that's great because if you know anything about New York jails, they like forget about a lot of the people who end up in there. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, he got, he's very lucky, lucky. That was very brave of him. But there's just like a lot of stress going on. I'm having kind of a, a, a crisis of identity. Fireworks then, going uh, off all the time. Yeah. Oh, right. That was part of yeah, it, too. It was a really fucking weird... It was weird as hell. Fireworks you know and helicopters weird, and shit. The Riots. weirdest part of it is even though this is such a specifically strange time, the perception of time stretched mm-hmm. while you were had to stay inside. So, like, that whole year felt like a month to me. But it also kind of feels like I'm still in it now for some <clears throat> reason. I mean, we like, still was, basically are. We kind of never came back from it, did we? I was 28 when I went in, and now I'm 31. So, wow. what's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's fair. I think I should get a refund on that. Yeah, I mean, those I are think good you can, years. You can erase a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, those are the last years of your your 20s and everything. <clears throat> um, so you were pacing around I, your apartment. You had all this pent up energy. You I'm didn't pacing. Know what to do with. I w- I started running every day, which is how I lost all the weight. Um which I've never done before because I thought running is lame and makes you look like a weird stork because I've always been a lifting guy. Right. Um, but I, my logic was if I have to be in my one bedroom apartment with like 200 square feet of space all day with two giant cats, right. I need to be exhausted. <laughs> so I started running five K's and 10 K's like every day. And then like sitting in my corner and like sometimes like so much that I'd feel like nauseous. Um, but the, the long and short of it is just stress is building up and building up and building up. And all of these perceptions I had about myself and my career or whatever I was doing, 
um, that normally affected my day-to-day life in, uh, you know, my psychology of what, what I'm planning to do with myself have to shift because there's nothing to do. Like I had friends who doubled down on live standup in the pandemic. And I honestly thought they were all kind of stupid. Like it's not (laughs) the same game. I mean, you can get really sick. People literally went and did that and died. Um, It just also performing outside isn't as good. There were a lot of reasons to not do that. Um, And I just felt so bad all of the time that I, uh, and I don't mean this despairingly, but I think this was important uh, for my development is that I just realized like to take myself less seriously, if you, if that makes sense, sure. like in order to go do something as thankless as like grind open mics 15 times a week, you have to at least have some part in your head that treats it like a workout or like there's some kind of like thing that will happen when you do it or uh, some kind of reward you have to like legitimately you have to develop a psychosis where you believe a that you are special and it will work out for you when you know what doesn't work out for most people but that also uh it's important and you need to do right like like you have and something to I've say you have something corner, to... uh, where, yeah i don't know it's something that i still want to be doing and i think it's important important to my character and my personality and so i i like doing comedy i still do comedy but uh uh, i don't think anything i do is important especially true for americans that gets ground in there that you have to be this uh this is like american concept that gets ground into your head that you have to be this self-sufficient um genius uh uh uh, workhorse Mm -hmm. is propaganda like it's not based in the real world and it is a counterweight to your own happiness and so when you can let that go everything else just kind of floats up like i don't think my career is doing any better than it was a year ago but also i feel way better all of the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i i wish i hope other people can get there because i think it's very nice yeah, I mean, it sounds like you kind of made the best of it. I don't know. You, I think a lot of people had that same confrontation with sort of the what? It, what's it called? The dark night of the soul, you know. And and it didn't. It wasn't good. Um, it you know? wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think if you're, if you go through that and you come out on the other end, uh, still wanting to do what you've been doing um but you've sort of removed your sense of self-worth from it then i i I think you can you can do a lot more with it because uh again like you said you don't you don't take yourself as seriously you're not gonna have your whole sense of self-esteem wrapped up in it which uh i think is a thing that Pretty much anybody, anybody creative I know, or I've even like heard of, they have a point in their life where they either let go of that or it consumes them for the rest of their life and usually eventually kills them. You know, like it, like the, the like the urgency and the sense of like I am existentially wrapped around this creative process, and if my art doesn't do this or that thing, I am meaningless. You know, and if you manage to let go of that. 
that's great, but like I, I think a lot of people don't get there. I I mean, it's not a one to one, but I had a close friend who died like two or three years ago. Yeah. What year is it? Twenty twenty two. Yeah. I think it was three years ago. Um, and he was super intense about his career all the time, and he essentially ended up drinking himself to death. And like, your health is your world like it, it, it is the the part of you in your brain is tied to the part of you in your body if, if you live like a wretch it's gonna come back and get you yeah and you know this is oh, um something that i think you know has been discussed a lot I, like mark Marin has probably beaten this to death like are yeah. you know do your demons enhance your creativity or is it better to you know get better Bad. mentally and I, I think the answer is usually the latter you know because i think people think that like oh if i stop drinking or if i stop doing blow i won't be as funny or as talented or whatever and it's just like mm, you really no have to that's just like that. it's bullshit it may be the shortcut you're using to be happy which you need to be creatively successful but that's like a whole other journey um in terms of this uh mental stress people put it on themselves for careers i heard a really good episode of the antifada at the beginning of lockdown that really stuck with me. And I don't think like I've personally circumvented this or anything, but it was all about uh, how your average, like striving creative worker in America had a cop in your head. You know, you have to kill the cop in your head because they stop you from doing the right thing. Um, you have an aspiring professional class manager in your head. And mm -hmm. until you kill that person, you're not really going to be happy. And the reason that there is no, you know, labor movement in America is because everyone who has a shitty job sees themselves as having the job two or three rungs above them, but like they're not there yet. Right. And so like the same thing that's like holding the entire country back politically also exists for you and your happiness and, uh, it's something that you should think about every day. Like, why do you care so much? Like how much money you'll be making? Yeah. Uh, you know, why, why do you want to be a rich person? I think is a question people should be asking themselves more. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's not a, uh, a lifestyle or a, uh, aspiration that I ever had. So it's, it's very hard for me to relate to it. Right. I've always just wanted enough to like, survive get by and like have a place to live and have clothes and you know like not worry about money like basically like and i'm kind of i'm on sort of the far end of that now because and this is a thing that i've been working through a lot is just like day job shit like i'm still fucking like i've been walking dogs for like six years and i'm just like so sick of it not really the uh the work itself just the money is just so bad and not sustainable and just like a fucking you know, it's like it's a teenager job, and I can't do it anymore. Um, Plus, you get pretty dogs. So, sorry, what? Sometimes you get crazy dogs. Sometimes you get fucking shitty dogs. I luckily, all of my dogs are cool now on my on my current roster. But yeah, I've had to deal with that, and it's also like, hey, they are not paying me enough to uh, put up with this shit. Like, it's you know, when I, I was walking dogs, there was one they gave me that was like this one already riding a baby. So if you baby. Don't go near it. Jesus. <laughs> and it was like, 
I don't think I'll come across a baby, but this seems like you're not paying me enough for like a life or death scenario. <laughs> well, that's the thing is what I've sort of realized about the profession of dog walking is, you know, I just two minutes ago called it a teenager job. And it's kind of like, you know, that's how people look at it is like a slacker stoner job and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and it's sort of like stress free and you're just outside and you're with dogs and it's like very like low stakes and nice. And, you know, it's like I tell people that, you know, like especially like when I started, and they're like, oh, that sounds fun. That sounds like a fun job. I'm like, eh, kind of. But you also have a fuck ton of responsibility because you have not only keys and access to a bunch of strangers houses and they're just trusting you intrinsically to not fuck with their house. You have this creature that they love dearly, possibly more than anybody in their life, like a member of their family that you are entrusted with to keep safe and alive and unscathed every day. And you got to juggle that like 10 times a day, staying on schedule when your brain is a billion other places. And you're thinking about, you know, you're thinking about COVID, you're thinking about Trump, you're thinking about Ukraine and like all this shit. And you're trying to like split your, uh, attention between that and the podcast you're listening to and the dogs don't get hit by cars and shit. Like it's yeah, a go lot of streets all day, by the way, go take these like animals, the, these loved animals and just play frogger. Yeah. Just play. Real. Yeah. Basically. I mean, you're, you're <laughs> just like New York is a fucking grid of death. Like the traffic is crazy and it's like, they don't understand like dog brains don't understand that shit. They'll run right out in front of it. And like, you know, like I, I've talked about it on here before. I like I had an incident of like a dog getting off a leash and like running through like like Bartell Pritchard Square, like by Prospect Park, just like running diagonally through that, going like under a car that was moving and like somehow didn't get hit, like didn't wow. get caught under the wheels and like was just like full on like fucking like nightmare moments, chasing after it, screaming like, you know, and and I was just like, I still think about that sometimes where I'm just like. That time that I was doing that, I was getting paid like 20 bucks, you know, like for that entire right. like segment of time that all of that shit was happening. No benefits, no health care, no retirement. Like, you know, and it was just like this is just like this like weird cash transaction. And I was just like, this is not this is I, I don't know why I'm doing this. You know, there's got to be a better way. There's gotta be, and there, that was years ago, too. So like, you know, like the inertia is really. Uh, bad. It can. Be Have really you ever bad. seen a big dog jumps. catch a smaller dog? Because it's fucked up. <laughs> like, like fuck up a, a a smaller dog. Or once I was walking through Maria Hernandez, and one dog. I think this guy was like walking a pit bull off the leash yeah. or something like people do over there. And this guy was walking a dog, normal, a normal sized dog, and not a monster dog. And the big dog caught it, and it was like a fight to the death. And yeah. the guy, the owner of the small dog, jumped in the middle and like started prying the big dog off of it. And I uh, still hear the noises when I close my eyes. It was yeah. like extremely harrowing. <clears throat> and I think it was okay. I don't really have a point there. No, I, I, you yeah, should but... see it to believe. Oh, it. I've seen it. I worked at a dog daycare for a while too, and would break up a couple of fights a day. Um, I have. That move kind of down, what you do is you, you wheelbarrow. You, so you you grab the aggressing dog by its hind legs and lift them up. 
like a like a wheel, oh, wheelbarrow. Oh, really? And they get sort of, it throws off their equilibrium because they can't <laughs> do anything without like falling on their face. So they'll generally let go and just be kind of like, what what's happening? And then you can grab them and, and pull them away. Um, I've heard the other move is you jam a thumb in their anus. I, the, yeah, have I've heard. heard I have heard that. I've heard like throwing water. And I'm just like, I'm not fucking doing that. That's insane. Like every no time way. I've heard that, I've been like, you should go to jail. That's yeah, not, that's that's, <laughs> that's absolutely not, not. I'm not fucking doing that. Like, is it, it, it? I better save a human life. If I'm right. putting a full thumb in a dog's ass. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I, I'd, I'd consider it. It just, you know, like the way you kind of spring into action, it was like automatic. Um, you know, the, like by the end of my career there, it was just like, oh, this just happens a couple of times a day because, you know, like dogs get into a little like one dog presses a little too far and the other snaps back and then and then it's on. And then, you know, you have to and just and it's like, on. Yeah. You just calmly step in and whoop. Whip them away, you know. It's 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 fine, but they're not fucking paying me enough. I was making like the wheelbarrow move is job. good info. That's good intel. I'll be using that. Yes, that's a PSA. If you ever see another dog getting mauled at like Maria Hernandez or whatever, uh, wheelbarrow. That's usually the move. Wheelbarrow. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit more about um, you know, uh, how how you've been. Let's let's rewind a little bit. Let's let's go back to like young Alex. Uh, let's talk a bit about like uh, your formative years and how you got it in your head that you had to be this great comedian and uh, that your whole uh, life depended on it and 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 all of that stuff. Where, where, where'd you get that idea? Um, I think I ended up with that uh, delusion the way a lot of people do, which is that I'm like. Not that I was particularly terrible at anything, but like my number one skill was always just uh, doing sassy commentary mm -hmm. uh, in class. Like I was good at school, but I felt like I kind of thought everything was stupid all the time. Yeah, you're right. And it I've usually been... is. The thing is, I was right too, and yeah. so that kind of makes it hard. It's, to, it's all you know, dumb as fuck, and all your teachers are stupid, and they don't know what the fuck's happening. They're all really dumb. And then my my process, I do remember this, is famously dumb. Um, this was this was what I thought when I was like 17 years old. I had no idea what I wanted to do as a career. I felt like you kind of plug me into whatever, and I would do it. Mm -hmm. um, and I would I watched 30 Rock all the time, and I watched Judah Friedlander's character, who doesn't seem like he does anything, but kind of just. <laughs> Right, <laughs> sits around and is weird, and I was like, I want that for sure. <laughs> he does not work at all. I want to not work and get paid for it. Right. Um, I want to be like the unlockable joke character in Tekken. You know, just like just like the guy who yeah. like farts and falls down and stuff. I want to be the alternate skin for Panda, where he <laughs> is Kuma. Um, and so uh, I was applying to colleges. I ended up writing. I applied to, I, I was looking up where I really like Donald Glover because mm -hmm. it was, was like 2008. Donald Glover was a real was a vibe. icon yeah. at the time. It was a whole ass vibe. I had a shirt with him doing the B-boy stance that said that's hip hop on it. I wore everywhere. Uh, and I liked stand up comedy and he went to NYU's script writing department. And so I didn't have the grades to get in, but you have to send in a writing portfolio and I sent in, 
I sent in like it's supposed to be 20 pages. So I just I didn't have any pages of things I was supposed to send them. So I spent like the weekend writing one 20 page long story about like a zombie apocalypse. It was 2008. It was very trendy. Right. Um, where there was a bear society and the, you, the uh, a boy who joins the bear society and they kill the zombies. And then I believe like the it animal bear in, or like big burly gay men in, in, in tiny. It bodies. was a large debatably gay man in a bear suit. And he had like a gun or a scythe or something. I don't really remember. It was very random. Right. Uh, but I wrote it all at once and I sent it in and uh wasn't really expecting much out of it and they sent me a letter back that was like we just want you to know how bold it was to only send one submission (laughs) (laughs) everyone else sent like 10 (laughs) of short things uh but we love your bear story so you can (laughs) come to our school even though you do not have the grades to come here um and so i got in there and i was training to write tv the whole time and i felt like i was very good at it but uh it seemed like everybody i knew who was on a path to write tv was just like going to go plug into the film industry uh matrix and then come out wherever like uh, my mom at one point had me call someone she found who wrote for dog whisperer mm-hmm. <laughs> and talk to him about his creative aspirations and i was like why am I talking to you? I don't want to write for Dog Whisper. Right. Uh, so I thought, like, I know what I'll do is I'll just start doing stand-up comedy, and then I'll be better than everyone, and then instantly become famous, and then I can do whatever I want. How'd that and then work out? I, yeah, it worked out. And then there's no more to the story. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Right. Uh, I had no acting or or theater experience at all or any kind of, like, stage uh background so Mm -hmm. i didn't have to learn anything for like six years first that was great um and yeah it was just all misconceptions the whole way down but all of my best memories are mostly like the friends i've met doing that and kind of funny experiences i've had doing that hey your career is the friends you made along the way your career is the friends you've made along the way. I don't know. Like I had some really terrible nights. Like I've been like very horribly publicly uh, ashamed in a way most people don't get to be. Like just by <laughs> just rem- by way of doing stand up and and bombing and stuff. Not even bombing. Just other people are mean. Um, <laughs> bombing is like whatever. Like after a while, after you do it 10 times, you're just like, I'm bombing and I'm aware and I'll get off and not think about it again. Right. Um, but sometimes I remember I was uh, hosting at Greenwich Village Comedy Club for my friend's festival she was running and uh, nobody could get any laughs out of the audience. So they all just started like being mean to me from the state. Like, and I was hosting. So for an hour to 90 minutes, people would just come on and like roast, like say mean things about me. And that was the only thing that could make the crowd laugh. <laughs> and I was so upset after that. I uh, had a meal at McDonald's alone. <laughs> Very, oh, I've had I several this- of those. Yeah, that's a sad, sad fast food meal. Like not even listening to anything, just kind of like staring into the void. And Mm -hmm. then I went and I saw Mad Max. And I think that might have been the worst day of my life. I think about it all the time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I remember Ryan Donahue, who I am like 
friendly enough with got on stage and was like, Alex sucks. And that got a big laugh from like 40 people. And that's like a really bad feeling. Like it sounds okay, but it feels really bad. Um, and I just had to keep getting up there. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's not a job. It doesn't make any sense to pursue it that way, I I, I believe. But uh, it's what I do for sure. What do you do so far as a day job? Um, well, in the last few years, I've been podcasting because <laughs> right. uh, we're all inside and I am married. So we're not entirely dependent on my income. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, yeah. Uh, but I also install computers and stuff. I've done like a hundred different things where mm -hmm. they're all kind of suck and I get fired a lot of the time, but <laughs> I've like made it la last at like two or three things where I stick around for a while. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about getting fired. You got, you got good stories of getting fired. Yeah. I'm trying to make this work right. Uh, now I've sold magic at times at the times square toys R Us for a while. Like so Magic like the Gathering or just the concept of no, magic? No, the concept of magic. Okay. Like in Wonder. Like I sold Did it come in like a toys. little pouch that goes on your belt? Or like what? what is it? There were two toys I got to sell, and one was an unpoppable bubble okay. that came, and you blew it up out of goo, and then like European children came, and they tried to pop the bubble, and then when they couldn't, they would buy it. How did you get this job? Was it a wizard, or was it like, a, like the, the guy from... Uh, uh, gremlins in the little Chinese magic shop or like how, how, how did this happen? Craigslist? I think, I think I found it online, but what I really vividly remember, so I was like 20 years old or something. And I went to times square and I met with the manager and he was like, um, so it's pretty exciting. You got this job. I think you can expect to take home $2,000 a day. You play your cards, right? And right. I was like, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and that was his way of telling me the job was entirely commission. Right. <laughs> and I couldn't sell any of these fuckers. So I was doing this for free all day as I go out and I'd like blow up the big <laughs> bubble and then European children would pop it and then kind of spit at me and they'd leave. Um, <laughs> I did that for like three months. I got fired from dog walking. I, probably for being annoying but it might have been for crossing the street in a way that pissed off the one of the guests um right with their dog i don't know they were the dog was fine right people are particular about how you cross the street sure got it also went on a rant about how if you eat animals you should be able to take a human life to the trainer and i think he didn't like that um <laughs> uh Around that time, I was fired from a moving company after a few months because it was like me. I was right out of school and then like old alcoholics. Mm -hmm. And I was just like up and ready to go in the morning. And they just hated my ass. <laughs> they thought I was the most annoying guy in the world. I was like doing impressions in the truck. And they were like, I don't want to deal with this. Right. I, I don't find your uh, impression of my Brooklyn accent charming. I don't think that's funny. This is how I talk. Yeah, I mean, they were objectively right, but I feel like I could have... If everyone could just communicate slightly better, there would be far less problems in the world. Like, if you just yeah. told me, like, we'll fire you if you don't shut up, I'd do it. <laughs> you know? <laughs>
Sometimes people just need to be direct about that shit. I worked at a restaurant one summer where they didn't, they, the, the restaurant was doing badly. So they stopped buying soap. Like they decided to save money by not buying soap. Okay. So they would just spray hot water at all the dishes. And there was a weird smell all summer. And then you found out there's been no soap for months. <laughs> this is like a fancy restaurant. <laughs> uh amazing yeah so like a lot of things like that i worked at a cafe for a while where they should have fired me but they couldn't keep any other employees so they didn't <laughs> yeah that's what you gotta do know. you gotta get into an environment where everybody else sucks worse than you then you can kind of hang hang loose. right there's very little tolerance for the learning curve at any place in the uh labor market outside of like professional jobs i've found like they just want you to know how to do that shit already bartender yeah. uh, new bartender wanted four years of bartending experience requested it's like yeah. how is anyone supposed to start if all of them are supposed to have done it for four years <laughs> i never yeah i never understood how that works i was so desperate when i got out of college that i actually signed up for one of those like scammy fucking bartending schools where they have you like pour the like colored liquids into into cups and stuff and like went for like two days and was just like, well, this is clearly not how this is going to, what the fuck <laughs> am I doing? You know? And like, they give you like flashcards and like, here's, here's how to make a, um, a, a gray bull, a, a gray bulldog. I don't even remember any of the fucking, a bulldog or a gray, whatever the fuck the a, a gray goose, gray goose, a, gra, a gray ghost. I don't know. Like, I don't even remember any of the cocktails names. Gray. Someone says um, three words to you. You just have to start pouring liquids. Yeah, so like Figure I was just out. like, oh, I can't. I, there's there's no way I can do this. Um, so I, it's you're talking about how you're like a very uh, you know a, an optimistic guy. You got a you got a good attitude in general, which um, I I think is great. And I also um, kind of find uh, I don't know surprising because like I think that like on PDA there is there tends to be a lot of uh, doom and gloom and a, a lot of um, you know it is kind of a negative outlook if you're really paying attention and i i feel like yes um, i was asking you about this earlier like i feel like you and i maybe have a a share a similar i don't know uh anxiety about just everything ending like just uh climate collapse nuclear war uh just water riots and shit um that I do sometimes get so in my head with that stuff that I can't really function. And I don't know how people do it when I'm in that headspace. The only way that I know is to just be kind of like, doo -doo 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 and just sort of dissociate from it. Right. Yeah, no. And that's where the alcoholism comes in. But in addition to that, it's also the foundation of this breakthrough I'm talking about is not that you will recognize that things are good. It's that you, You'll recognize that when things are bad, your mental state is not... Am I breaking up again? A little bit. It, it, I think it passed. Okay. The breakthrough is not that you will realize that events in the world are going well or doing good or there is good in the universe or anything like that. It's that your mental state and uh, your world that lives in your head is not actually tied to anything else going on around you. Um, 
the Marxism is all about being a materialist, right? So seeing the world as it is and analyzing it with the, the way that things are on the ground. Um, it's not my fault the climate is about to collapse. <laughs> right. When I lived every day <clears throat> furious about that happening, it didn't help anyone. And I was essentially just torturing myself about it. Um, the, the breakthrough is you have to be able to essentially forgive yourself for things that are not your fault. And when things are your fault, recognize that and move on. Right. That's the big breakthrough I've had. Um, I, you, I still think I'm correct. I don't think America politically is a salvageable machine that is going to keep working for much longer. No. It doesn't look like anyone is going to make the appropriate steps that we need to do to address climate change, even with... And I don't like saying that on mic because I, the people who work so hard at this stuff I, are necessary and important and they're doing the work that needs to be done. Um, but right, but they don't have the, even when they, they do don't have that, the resources might, and they don't have the power to really it might not work. move the needle. You know, yeah. like it just might not happen. Yeah. You should try to make it happen. But when it doesn't happen, you're not helping yourself or anybody else by becoming a wreck about it. Um, and all that is kind of tied into this uh, philosophy my wife has gotten very into, which is all just like Buddhist thinking, which is all of these terrible futures that could exist later or, you know, terrible pre uh, present moments that exist somewhere else right. are not tied to your present moment, which exists right now, which is like if you just stared ahead at a wall and breathed, that would be your world, no matter what else is going around you. And once you really like get on top of that, you can make it through torture. You know, it's like a, a complete renaissance of the way your, your brain is supposed to be thinking. Mm. And so, yeah, when, when about politics, about climate change, about all that stuff, which I is very upsetting. And I think everybody's kind of, even like people who aren't radically political are very upset about climate change. Yeah. Um, that stuff is not your fault. And you need to move past that in order to carry on with your life. Yeah. It's very difficult. I mean, that's, that's radical acceptance you're talking about, which is difficult to do because I think, uh, people, I think the main pitfall that people make, and I've made this myself, is mistaking acceptance for um, like endorsement or 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 um, like rolling over to it, you know. Giving up, yeah. yeah, giving up, you know, and that's not really what it is. It's you know, like it's more kind of like a Albert Camus absurdism understanding of the world where you think it's pointless and I'm kind of assigning my own meaning and at the end we're all dead and it's a zero sum game, but like we, you know, and like, that's just sort of, that's just sort of it. And you don't, you, you have control over like a very small set of stuff and that's it. Yeah. I mean, that stuff is happening whether or not I am really pissed about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, that doesn't mean you do stop fighting mm -hmm. or organizing or, whatever day-to-day -day work you strategically decide is the most important, but 
it does mean you stop living like a wreck every day. And that is a huge breakthrough. Hell yeah. I love it. That's a beautiful philosophy. I, and I, I think that like, that's something that I can, uh, consciously say to myself and had, and have been trying to, it is very hard for me to stick to it, to like stay in that lane. Um, it's sort of stay in that Zen lane. Um, uh, I mean, me too. I'm not good at it. Yeah. But well, how, how I know do you, I'm trying to do it now. Yeah. How, so how do helps. you, how do you maintain? Do you, do you meditate uh, frequently exercise and any of that stuff? Um, what is it that sort of keeps you on track and, and stops you from getting pulled back into wanting to, uh, you know, uh, control uh, the uncontrollable? Um, a lot of it is, self-awareness if that makes sense like once you know what you're trying to do even when you don't successfully do it the shift in orientation is itself a uh i keep using the word breakthrough but it is it's a breakthrough uh that said i mean i do exercise all the time because i think it keeps you grounded in the present moment in a way Mm -hmm. where when you are not as in touch with your body it's very hard to do. Like if you're in prison or something, or you can't do that for some reason, you can't. But if if you have a body that can move, uh, the best way to stay grounded in your present situation and locked out of the stress and anxiety that exists entirely in this organ in your head that's trying to upset you, right? Uh, you just you just have to move your spirit from your head to your body. That's that's all you can do about it. Right. Right. And don't give up or anything. That's <laughs> not what I'm trying to say. No, I'm I mean that's the that, thing that I think people yeah. mistake uh, is that it's a that acceptance is giving up. Um, acceptance is um, is just sort of you know laying down and just being like i'm under attack by this or that force and it's too strong to fight back um but i'm going to continue to like that's understanding that you're like on kind of like a losing uh battlefield is it's it's very hard to come to grips with you're able to make much more logical and clear-headed decisions when you are not in a state of denial Mm mm-hmm and so you need to ask yourself if this extra push of energy or anxiety you're getting out of being full of stress all the time from these demons that live in your head is actually benefiting you or if that's just one of uh, something you've mistakenly come to believe that hasn't helped you your entire life. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I don't, I like, um, recently when I was, um, I don't know, like I, I have like a particular... Uh, anxiety about like war stuff. I'm not really sure why, but like it just really like I don't know. War is upsetting. I don't. I'm. I'm not. I don't like it, and it it makes me feel bad. Right. So with the you know everything happening in Ukraine and Russia, um, when that popped off, I remember that night when all of that stuff was happening. Like I got so like just like out of sorts and like I threw up and I couldn't sleep and 
um, I became sort of convinced as I have often that like, oh, I'm just going to like watch the nukes sail up into the air and uh, there's yeah. nothing that we can do about it. And it's just going to be this like horrible yeah. 30 minute plane crash, you know, like certain death, nothing you can do about it. Uh, end of everything, pointless, you know, just horrible, excruciating death, right? Um, so I felt the same way. Yeah, right. Uh, so like what I and I found it almost like um, kind of like a mental tinnitus that like I would try and go about my day and like was constantly distracted by it. So what I did was I just started watching a bunch of movies about nuclear war, just watched threads, watched the day after, watched a bunch of movies that were just about like, yeah, this is what happens and we all die horribly and it's bad and nobody gets out, you know, and, and just like sat there through it. And then on the other side of that, I just felt kind of fine somehow. I that don't know. That made you feel better. It made me feel better. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's was, it was, it hard to explain. It just like, I just sort of engaged. I just sort of looked it in the eye and was like, okay, this is a possibility. This might go down, and there ain't shit I can do about it. There, even less than climate change, there is virtually nothing you can do about it. Yeah, <laughs> unless you work at a high level at the state department. <laughs> yeah, uh, we are all along for the ride, and I've had a bunch of dreams where I got nuked in the last five months mm -hmm. that I never used to have. I had one I very vividly remember where I was getting nuked, but the, due to some kind of mix-up, they were having the Come Town podcast, like, do the broadcast, <laughs> and they were doing it like their normal show, and there was, there was a lot of, like, shut up, Adam, but, like, yeah, I'm seeing bombs fall and stuff. Right. Um, that is that is a very podcasty nightmare. That is... that is It is. Oh, my God. There's layers to that shit. My mind is stupid, but... Uh, <laughs> It's also very upset, and I think only after the first month or so when that war broke out was I able to be like, okay, well, I haven't blown up yet. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try to just stop thinking about this because it is, A, hopefully not going to happen. Right. B, if it does happen, and you live in New York City, you'll literally blow up before you know what happened. So don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, most likely. I mean, I, I do take yeah. some some comfort in like just being vaporized shadow on the wall you know kind of kind of fade right what you want to be is close to where the bomb goes off because yeah. that, if you're far away it's really bad i don't know no, if yeah you yeah you, oh yeah it's yeah. terrible you 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 basically cook alive it's you cook alive or like your organs pop out through your every hole in your body yeah, it's you, crazy you you like turn into liquid from the inside and like just melt like a fucking candle like it's yeah you great. die like eight pretty. months later from a disease no one's had before <laughs> yeah, it's bad it's bad you know and like this was you know like this was a thing that like stuck in my head like ever since i was in like sixth grade like civics class and we watched the day after and they put that you know like in uh i remember just like you know first becoming aware of like how that could go down um and like there's no coming back from that and like i'm always curious how other people process that because it's just like what do you how how do we just walk around with that like over our heads well brad i think that's a great example of everything we've been talking about mm -hmm. because being aware of yourself in your moment is not a cheat code to feeling better but it is something to keep in mind when you are like maybe actually in real danger of being nuked. Right. <laughs> it's a goal that you can walk towards. 
right. when you don't know where else to go. Right. And I hope a lot of people I know are able to find that and feel better about their lives. Alex Patak, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was fucking perfect. Uh, let's do plugs. Your pluggables, you got a show, you got a podcast, you got all of that stuff. That's Thursday, everyone. Uh, okay, well, I have a whole bunch of stand-up shows. You can follow my Twitter at Patak Test Kitchen, at P-T-A-K Test Kitchen, because I put all the stand-up shows on there, and I'm not going to walk you through all of them. That's okay. uh, I also started a TikTok, which I'm not good at, but have a lot of fun doing. So if that appeals to you in any way, I am at TV's Alex Patak on TikTok. I have, and I always plug this on all of my random podcasts I go on, a radio show where I scripted and wrote and uh, performed all of the parts for four seasons. Uh, the last one kickstarted. It's called Theater of Delights. And it's about famous horse girls who go on an adventure. And I want <laughs> you to have that. It would mean a lot to me and hopefully a lot to you. And I hope to see you out there. And that's already too many things, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, check out Pod Damn America and, and all of that stuff too, right? Uh, paid protest. Yeah, Pod Damn America, Ball Down Paid protest. I have... Like, look, man, if you're not successful in comedy, you got to have like 10 things going on. It's ridiculous. It's, yeah. it's too much. Uh, all that shit's linked to my Twitter. Just go to the Twitter, okay? Click all the blue links. All Click right. all the blue links on my Twitter. <laughs> Thank you once again to Alex Patek. Uh, really funny dude. Really positive dude. And just, uh, just, a, just a, a, a gem. Just a nice guy. So, once again, support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash selfworst. Kick in some money. Get some bonus content. Do some good in the world. Help a, a middling, mediocre, white podcaster who needs your money with all this going on in the world. All right. Uh, follow me at Radical Pearson on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, follow the show at selfworst and uh, email selfworst at gmail.com if you got something to say. And that's about it. Enjoy your time. Enjoy the month of June. And, uh, oh, music is by Shay Bartell. Thank you, Shay. And that's about it. I'm Brad Pearson. Until next time, uh, avoid COVID or just get through it if you can and it's fine.